0: you should not compare yourself with others. You should only compare with yourself in the past because it's the only right way to measure your progress. And if you try, if you're going to push and compare yourself to other people, you're going to just drown in uh, misery mostly and then you will never have this work-life balance. But you will be always in this kind of race of trying to reach some other people, which I think is wrong.
1: Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income one day the no code wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find a way because of this makers became founders and earned the money they deserve because of this founders can have growth freedom and wealth until tomorrow no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate with a master's of science in entrepreneurship to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter. Are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category top. 200 in San Francisco top 100 in Australia top 60 in Germany top 50 in the United Kingdom top 15 in Spain top 50 in the Netherlands top 13 in Sweden and top 25 in Italy and I have reached a total of 150 episodes on both my podcasts with 120 interviews published in 50 days so please keep supporting rating reviewing subscribing and sharing and if you are interested in my mentoring services to help with your business goals especially when it comes to marketing networking as well as podcasting finding your podcast uniqueness reaching out to great guests getting ranked on apple conducting interesting interviews podcast promotion and much more send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com m-e-n-t-o-r at storybonden.com or message me on Twitter, nocodewealth, and let's begin a conversation. My guest today is Andrew Zakordonets. From free code camp to the National Aviation University, from working as a lifeguard to launching his own project, Home Money, to being a senior automation engineer at Cognians, which is now Star to a senior test automation engineer at Vion, to now moving and living in Amsterdam, Netherlands. He is a software engineer at Newton with five repositories on GitHub, and his focus is on improving things and processes, working on building test automation frameworks and CICD pipelines. Andrew, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm brilliant, enthusiastic. And to begin this, since this now I'm moving more into a personal direction with this podcast, and people are really liking that. So I'll ask you my most favorite new question. These days, this period, what has been going on on your mind that you keep thinking about often Something you return to, either you're trying to improve, you're trying to understand, you're trying to fix, or think about a lot?
0: Well, now in Corona times, I think about uh, work-life balance and how it is complicated when you have a small kid and you are kind of limited on the ways you can travel, how can you... uh, Not get lost in in the work and home routine and find some time for yourself. And to be honest, I haven't found the answer for that yet. 95% of my time, it's either me spending time with uh, my kid or watching my kid or working. And then, like during the week, we have like 10, maybe 15% of our time when we actually can spend some time together, all three of us.
1: Thank you. So if I understood correctly, what has been going on during these corona times is because you have a kid, you are aiming towards work-life balance, but you don't have all the answers. And most of the time, it's only 15% where you can be all together as a family. But most other times, either work or watching the kid, and it's not really the balance that you're looking for. Is this correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have more time on spending with my family, maybe, and also more time traveling all together.
1: More time spent with your family and more time traveling together. Well, just to take it to a more macro level, what do you think that makes this be an issue? Just like asking and wondering, is it something you notice in your other colleagues? Is it something that you think work demands of us many more hours than what is necessary for balance or maybe there is a way to be more powerfully effective where you can work less and produce more or is that a myth and when it comes to it Mm -hmm. like why is that important okay that's another question just please focus on that first yeah. one. And what is your comment well, on that?
0: this is something, yeah, this is my observation, mostly on myself. And also I read some, uh, there was actually like um, a scientific research from Microsoft. They made a research on the amount of work they uh, workers do from the moment the Corona started and everyone started working from home. And they discovered that <clears throat> people are getting into this trap where they actually work more hours from home than in the office. And that's quite often um, connected to the fact that during the day, you get distracted from time to time on small some small tasks and some small chores or even kids who always want your intention. And that makes you feel that you work less and that forces you actually to compensate that and stay longer just to have your inner feeling of working enough to be succeeded, let's say. And that basically means that um that's i've noticed as well like uh you count like pure hours that you work you try to count them and then i was ending up working till 10 11 but that was also uh, related to the fact that i was uh, like uh splitting my day with my wife half and half because kindergartens were closed so half of the day i was spending with my daughter and then the ha- second half i had to work and that meant that i would have to work till 9:10 eleven, sometimes 12. and that doesn't leave much time for like some workouts for going out with the whole family, stuff like that. And when you are working in the office, then usually it meant for me that I would have uh, a day like in total around 40 minutes on a bike with some podcasts, which I don't have now.
1: I understand. So the inner feeling of working enough, and you mentioned that study by Microsoft where during the quarantine and working from home, people are working more than they were in the office. And in your specific situation, because kindergartens are closed, you split the day with your wife. And because of those small distractions, there is an inner feeling that maybe you didn't work enough and you end up working until 10 and 11 at night. Is this correct? Yeah, that's pretty much. And then to contrast this with uh, Sebastian Schaffer, who I had a few episodes ago, according to him, actually entrepreneurs in general work too hard. And please, I will explain what he said and compare it and say whether this is relevant here. He said that there is a programming in society that to feel worthy, to feel the respect of people to feel that you are a good member of society it is measured by how productive you are and therefore there are many entrepreneurs who work all day long just to fill that hole of not feeling worthy and not feeling i am enough and therefore their work is a way to try to fill that but it doesn't is not effective and what happened to him after achieving success he found that he cannot relax, even if he has more than enough money. If he's not being productive, he doesn't feel psychologically okay, and he feels he's not working enough, and he kept thinking, well, all my life I haven't thought about what makes me happy. I have been working hard just to, so people say, wow, he's so amazing, and get the respect of my peers, and to make money, and instead of thinking, what do I want, what makes me happy, and how do I have balance so that I have that wealth, which is, uh, Stephen mentioned, the wealth of having enough time to think about what to do, what is important for you, and to spend time with your family. But if you're working a lot, you cannot have it. So I presented two perspectives on a similar thing with two recent podcasts, uh, Sebastian Schaffer and uh, Stephen Campbell. Stephen Campbell said when he used to have his job, he didn't have any time to think or spend with his family, etc. So although he made money, he didn't feel the wealth of time. And uh, Sebastian Schaffer, he's saying that even though he makes in one day now enough to live a full year in a a good way, he feels not okay if he's not working. And there is something wrong with that, that he feels he's not worthy or at least many of his friends as well they feel no sense of self-worth if they're not being a machine working hard and trying to be productive and there is something wrong with this that's what he said what is your comment and is these is this both of these are they related to what you mentioned or is it a totally separate issue
0: well i get this like i would say professional anxiety I have this um, on myself all the time and all the time I see that there is a plenty of field to improve and there are so many things to learn and uh, to try and build and I struggle with that all the time as well and my my wife have to listen about this from me from time to time on regular basis for the last I don't know five years maybe Um, so I know their pain and I do feel my well Recently, I didn't have this, like, um, freedom to, to feel like that I uh, I'm, if I'm not doing something that I'm stalled because I was busy. Well, me and my wife, we were busy from, like, 6 a.m. till 12 on daily basis. No weekends, no vacations, nothing. Last year, this is, was, was our year like that, uh, 2020. Now it's getting a bit easier when kindergartens are open. And... Um, Actually, it was like two or three weeks ago, it was the first time when I was able to work like normal hours from nine to five. So before that, I was working either uh, seven till two and then eight till uh, 10, or I was working like two till till 10 till 11. And now I was able to take my daughter to kindergarten, uh, work like nine to five, finish my tasks. And then I would just pick up my daughter and have some time with her, put her to bed at eight. And then I don't have to do anything much. And that felt really weird. And I wasn't sure what to do about it. And at first I thought, well, maybe I should sit and work on my side, some side projects or start learning some new stuff. But then I stopped myself and I said, like, no, uh, 2020 was quite tough and there were times when i was dreaming just to you know lay around for a couple hours and just do nothing so i'm gonna take a break and for a month or two i will uh allow myself to do nothing from time to time until i get bored and actually now i start to feel like in a week or two i will start to get this itch of doing something additionally um, unless there will be, a, will be a really good weather in Amsterdam and then I will spend a lot of time outside with my daughter and my wife. Otherwise I will just, uh, yeah, probably start learning something new and, or doing something else for my work. I believe religion. my, my, my personal opinion is that, um, you can always strive for this professional, uh, greatness and, acknowledgement from other people in, in industry and that's fine if, if, if this is the path you choose that's totally fine um what i would like now for myself and my family is that besides being a good professional and a high-skilled professional in my area i still want to be a great father and a great husband so i need to push myself down somewhere and remind myself constantly that besides work, there's family and my own personal life that I would like to also build up and improve. So yeah, my, my, my biggest goal for the 2021 and the next years is to keep finding this balance between work and, and life.
1: Brilliant. And there is a lot to say there, but I want to focus on one thing. How did your perspective change after having your daughter? Because it seems to me, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm reading between the lines that you were okay with being a workaholic before, but after uh, your wife gave birth to your daughter, you became much more focused on becoming a good father and a good husband and looking for this balance. So. How did your perspective change because of your daughter? And what is the most important thing for you about spending enough quality time with your daughter?
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely my perspective changed. Um, I'm still a workaholic. I still work in the evenings. If, If I find something interesting, I can stay in the evening on some side projects. It's fine. I did work a lot when I before I met my wife. Uh, even in Ukraine, I used to work on a couple projects and then I could take some freelance as well just to learn everything I needed. And that kept uh, going in the Netherlands, in all the companies I worked. I tried to constantly learn and push for something new. Um, but yeah, the moment my daughter was born, I uh, said to my wife, that we're going to share all the responsibilities. And uh, no matter how busy I am, no matter how much projects I want to do, I want to be in my daughter's life the same amount of time and the same amount of effort that my wife does. And I want my wife to be happy. And in order to uh, help her to be happy, I need to give her time, space, and help her and support in any way for her to achieve her goals and dreams. And that means that I need to take care of our kid when my wife is busy or she needs to do some projects. Then I need to be able to take care of my daughter on my own uh, for whatever time is needed. So that's why we agreed with my wife that we're gonna share all the responsibilities and we're gonna share the time that we spent on our work projects and then the, sp- the time we spent with our daughter And besides that, on weekends, we promised ourselves that we're gonna spend time together. So, at least one weekend, the whole weekend, we spent uh, the whole day, all three of us together. And we also, yeah, because of these corona times and there was no like free time, um, and we are kind of in the box of the apartment the whole time, all three of us, we agreed that one weekend we can have like half day off when. One of the parents is spending half day with the kids and the other one can do whatever they want. And uh, yeah, that's how we met, did the time management for, for these two years um, with my wife. I love what I'm hearing. It's like going Dutch when it
1: comes to parenting. <laughs> so it's a very fitting way to to explain what you said. And you said it's very important to you that you spend as much time and are as involved in raising your daughter as your wife is. Well, to ask you then, where does this come from? Because usually such things can come from childhood. Did you have parents who were balanced and giving you both the same time? Or the opposite, they were workaholics, and you noticed that wasn't an optimal childhood, and you don't want to give that to your daughter or maybe you read some book about parenting and the importance of both parents spending quality time with a child or where did it come from that makes it such an emotional and uh, important priority in your life because many people who are workaholic actually wouldn't even have that until probably it's too late when their kids are ready 20 or more then they think oh i miss so much time i need to recover that lost period but it's too late often and that's the typical workaholic life so to you is it maybe from a childhood lesson from your parents from a book or even from noticing something that your wife says or um, shared with you that made this such an important priority
0: um yeah, I never thought about it, but basically, um, when I was looking for my wife, I was uh, hoping to find a partner in my life with whom I will share uh, all the good and bad, and also all the responsibilities, and that doesn't mean only the, like, uh, yeah, taking care of the kids, but also house chores, everything, so I... Uh, uh, we agreed with my wife that we're all equal and we are partners in this, and we help each other whenever we can. Uh, but if you put in this perspective, yeah, my wife, my mother is a real workaholic, and she worked hard the whole all her life. And she divorced with my father on, uh, on when we were uh, little. So yeah, could be coming from there. Uh, but I never thought about that in that perspective. Let's say uh, I, for me, it was always like an obvious choice that uh, me and my wife, we will be equal, we will be friends, we will be partners, and we will support each other in everything. That what mattered to me.
1: Yes, we're a whole generation of like kids of divorced parents who learn the value of family that way. So I really sympathize and not only empathize with what you're saying, and I have to return back you mentioned two words that I would like to explore because this is beautiful, of course, speaking about your daughter, but you mentioned professional anxiety. You mentioned the importance of learning more and that there are so many things to always improve. And if you check out Moshe Feldenkrais, we said there is no limit to improvement. And even some studies will say about work that work is infinite there is always more to do so if you want to do everything you can spend eight lifetimes and you won't uh, learn all there is to learn to feel like that imaginary superhero person that is so knowledgeable and experienced and they know everything which is not really realistic or human so then What is professional anxiety to you and is it related to something they call the imposter syndrome, which many entrepreneurs and professionals speak about, where people tell them and give them accolades about their achievements and they have a good stature and status in life, but inside they feel maybe they're not as competent as other people think which drives them to have anxiety and to try to always keep improving, but they never feel they can fill the shoes of people's expectations. And so they hide it, but it pushes them to becoming workaholics. I don't, I'm not saying that is what is this, you described by professional anxiety, but if so, what does it mean yeah. and why does it push you to learn and study more?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's uh, the, um, uh, the the syndrome you mentioned, yeah, definitely something I have. I think about that constantly. Uh, but I think this is something that's coming with me from Ukraine, maybe. I don't know. But uh, when I was going to uh, go to the university and I uh, was going to choose a university, I wanted to know everything about computers, like from ground base like from the, you know, micro schemes and uh, bits and bytes and algorithms, all that stuff. And my problem in that young age was that I wanted to learn everything and I wanted to like learn it deep, everything deep. And only in uh, many years after I realized that um, I should learn only things that I need right now in my job to, um, yeah, to finish a task or to complete some, objective or to get to some milestone and then move on because things are changing rapidly and new things are growing faster than you blink and basically the the i would say the best skill that i would love to learn and improve from my university if i could it would be the uh, skill to learn uh, how to fast and easy learn new new stuff that would improve my life significantly unfortunately <laughs> i didn't have anyone smart around me to tell me that so i learned that the hard way and as for the um, this anxiety i think it's really connected to this uh, imposter syndrome basically i had big struggles when i only came into the U- uh, netherlands from ukraine my one of the biggest things that I couldn't understand is that it was okay for people to work here nine to five and after work do nothing and learn nothing, and it was okay for people to like sit 10 years at one place and know less than I knew uh, what I've learned within one year as an in- intern in Ukraine, and for me, it was fascinating. Uh, The second company I joined, it was Portavita. It was a small medical um, product company that was on the market for like 13 years. I had in my, uh, well, I did test automation at that moment of time for like three years or something. And I had one guy in a team who was like 10 or 12 years in testing. And he knew nothing about automation. He was not interested in that. And he was just doing some specification learning and doing all by the prog- prog- process. And that was fascinating for me. And uh, at the same time, I couldn't understand this. Like, how cannot, how you can't, like, want to learn new stuff? How cannot you improve to grow, you know? Because for me, I came from Ukraine. And for me, uh, the work and uh, my, well, let's say, uh, portfolio was like had a business value, right? So every time I come to uh, a new company, I have to sell myself. And if I want more money, and I usually do, <clears throat> then uh, I kind of need to uh, prove that I'm worth this money. And that's not easy because I have really high standards to myself. And basically, uh, that's why I constantly push myself to learn new things because I see uh, around me a lot of smart, really smart people. And in U10, we have um, some of the, well, one of the amazingest and the the best developers I've seen in some fields. And I really, really want to become that kind of level of a developer. And for that, I would need to learn and build uh, myself a lot of code, a lot of Uh, applications, a lot of complex stuff and that's why I constantly think like I'm not doing enough, you know, I need to learn more because I see how much more I can learn and how much uh, how much uh, do I need to learn in order to become like these superstars, you know, and that is I call professional anxiety the more you know the, the better you understand how much you don't know and that's makes me ancient
1: the more you know the more you don't you know you don't know much and that makes you anxious especially when you compare yourself with the superstars like the people that are around you at new 10 and so i have to ask you because you had real first life experience with people who are making more money than you but they don't even know one fourth of what you know and you said usually you need to make a business case for yourself you have high standards and to show that you're worth more so that you get paid more well how is that logic realistic if like you said there are people with 10 years of experience and probably double your salary who know less than you knew as an intern so Is that really realistic to think that you need to be a superstar in order to provide well for your um, daughter and family? If there are examples of people who are not learning the way you learn, who are not as experienced, who know nothing about automation, yet they can provide for their families a much better life than you do, although you're working Even harder than them, and not spending enough time with your daughter compared to what you could if you did less.
0: Well, when it comes to like getting a new nice offer, it's not only about how much, how many skills you you have uh, related to like actual work. Like if we're talking about software engineer, right? Uh, We're not talking not about how. Uh, good you are at specific frameworks or languages or how many applications or complex stuff you've built. It's also about soft skills and it's also about how uh, confident you are about selling yourself to another company. I know a friend of mine who, I know the level of uh, his skills and uh, they're pretty much the same as mine, but somehow he managed to Always uh, get a better offer, mostly because he's quite confident, he's quite open, he's more like an um, extrovert with a nice uh, set of soft skills that allows him to get into people and con- uh, convince people in what he's saying, while my inner um, quality meter of myself is uh, pushing me about, uh, downwards. And basically, uh, sometimes I just cannot allow myself to say something like I'm confident in this or that because I, uh, inside I say like, no, you're not good enough in this. That's why you cannot go for that one. But if I would be as bold and con- um, confident as uh, a friend of mine, I would be in financially better place, I think. Uh, but I'm not there. And that's something I I need to work on, basically, more work on my soft skills and more on how to interact with people, how to uh, build more social connections, stuff like that.
1: That is so interesting. And I'm hearing a little bit of what in psychology is called a double bind at some level. And to explain it a bit more, because this reminds me of something I heard from a a fund manager who was speaking about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is that people who are not so good at something are overconfident. And in reality, it's people who are not smart enough to know they're dumb. They're overconfident, while the smartest people know that they cannot be so bold. And therefore, they don't show up so confidently. And therefore, the world ends up with a higher management of overconfident idiots, rather than the smart people running the show. But if I understood correctly, so your inner standard is this, you feel if you will be a superstar who knows everything deeply, then you will allow yourself to be very confident and therefore you will convince people to pay you the higher salaries. But because this is so high, you don't behave in a confident way that matches those of your friend, for example, when it comes to soft skills. And therefore, people don't think you're good enough because you're not as confident, even though your skills might be great. And therefore, you don't financially earn as much as him. While for him, it's maybe a much lower bar for him to be very confident. And people see that confidence and assume there is a skill level behind it which might not be true. Is this a correct understanding?
0: Well, I know that my friend is as smart as I am. It's just he's uh, more confident to uh, risk it and maybe play uh, around things he might not know, but he will say, yeah, I can learn fast and play from there. While with me, it works a bit different. Um, I have my own standards and like... um, vision of what a senior software developers should know or should uh, be able to do right away. And basically I have some check marks for myself and I say, okay, this and that you you're, you're not, you don't know yet. You need to learn that or build that before you can come and say, okay, I can do this for you. And, I, and if I want to go there, of course, I, w- I don't want like average market salary. I want to be in top five, top 10, but in order to be in top five, top 10, I need to work twice twice as I do uh, right now, I think. But again, uh, I might be wrong on this because uh, I'm a bit too harsh on myself in regards to work.
1: I believe so. And if you need to work twice as hard, well, there are not enough hours in the day (laughs) for that to happen. So I have two questions. Yeah. First, confidence. What does it mean to you because such word in linguistics would be an umbrella word that is specific in its meaning to each specific person. So what three characteristics of a confident person you may describe? That's one. And second, your check marks for what a senior software developer should have in order to be top 10 or top 5. Did you meet anyone who meets those? Or is it a mythical creature like the Yeti or the
0: Loch Ness? No, no, no. It's definitely uh, real people, definitely people that I work with on a daily basis. And yeah, I have plenty of uh, real examples.
1: Uh, And confidence. What does it mean to you?
0: Yeah. Well, I I guess for me in the first place, it's what you you believe in what you say. If you promise something, you believe in that and you can actually uh, promise and guarantee that this will happen. Uh, and I, th- I think this is one thing. Another thing is that when you say something with, with confidence, people can actually feel it or see it and they can uh, trust you on this and then they can uh, give you the rights to, to do the thing or make the decision, whatever. It's just if you say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it within this time, within this uh, budget, they say, okay. Uh, let us know when it's done. And to me, it means that you are confident and you convince people uh, with that. And as for the bullet po- uh, checkpoints for senior engineer, um, <clears throat> the one I wrote for myself, it's uh, I don't have the full list in front of me, so I'm going to go all, like with things out of my head. Uh, but basically, it's a person, senior uh, developer would be a person who can Uh, solve complex problems and from uh, ground up, so like from problem analysis all the way up to the design architecture and implementation. Of course, he doesn't have to do this all by himself. He should be capable of uh, distributing the work among the team and then helping with communication, synchronization, uh, stuff like that. But the main point is that He can be responsible for delivering a complex solution to customers and also, um, yeah, take all the risks and responsibility for everything that is happening during development and after it was uh, delivered to customers. So maintenance and support. Another thing is that um, good knowledge with databases, uh, data migration, stuff like that this is something I'm liking personally and I still hope to work more with that in the future since I'm now uh, gradually moving from software engineer test into a software backend software developer in my company yeah and the third thing i guess is uh, the one who can coach um, mentor and coach less uh, senior people and coach them and mentor in a way that uh, in a short amount of time they grew much faster than they would grow uh, by themselves. That's what I'm really happy with my co- current company is that I have a lot of smart people around me who are always there when I have questions. And one of the rules and one of the like biggest points for me when I was looking for a new job was that you will be really lucky and you should push for it. But if you uh, can get into the company where you are, the dumbest in the team that's like the jackpot in a way that it allows you to learn faster for the shorter amount of time and that's the most effective and productive way to grow fast yeah but i guess it's at some point uh it's almost impossible maybe or very hard to find when you get to a very senior uh level
1: yes that's but isn't that a part contradiction part.
0: Where you have to be the dumbest
1: in the team and order well, to learn if you're more. A C- yeah, if you're a CTO, you, you will yes. earn more.
0: <laughs> no, it's, if, uh, I mean, um, comparing. Uh, so let's say if you have a team and you go there even as a senior developer, and uh, let's say uh, you're a developer who worked mostly on, let's say, cloud, uh, uh, Google Cloud platform, and now you're moving to a company where there's a lot of AWS along the way it would be awesome to get in a team where you have a lot of senior people who worked uh, closely with AWS platform, right? Because then in a short amount of time, by talking to people and working closely to them, you can learn a lot of practical stuff that you need. Because if you're going to go for like AWS certification exam, of course, you're going to get a lot of uh, knowledge out of there. But without practical uh, appliance of this knowledge, you're going to forget it very fast, A, and B, uh, these uh, examinations, then they don't give you like much of real life examples. They try to uh, teach you about all the features and main uh, most valuable features of AWS infrastructure. But then when you get to real life scenarios, you find a lot of things that you might miss on this example. But if you learn them on practical ground with your uh, own hands on your own experience, you're going to remember that much better. And this knowledge will last with you longer than the academic stuff, let's say.
1: Yes, if you learn by your own hands, with your own experience, that knowledge will last for with you forever. While if you learn just from teaching and from the exams, which focus only on showing you the features, you will very quickly forget and therefore you won't absorb those skills and therefore mentors and people who are better than you they're the best source of knowledge especially when you combine it with work on a project that leads to something real in the world is this correct yeah yeah
0: it's basically i would say uh, if you can have a comparison uh, working with um Experienced developers closely is like getting, uh, you know, these vitamin shots, small bottles with very condensed number of vitamins, let's say. While if you do this learning on yourself by yourself with just like audio and um, book materials, it's just like drinking a smoothie. You're going to get a big portion, but percentage of vitamins and good things for your body are going to be less than in this concentrated small drink. And small drink, you will drink faster, while smoothie, it will last longer. But yeah, the end result might be better from this short uh, shot.
1: Thank you very much. And if you have any piece of advice for any other person who is struggling with work-life balance, and yes, you don't have all the answers, but maybe you have a new perspective that can add a piece to their understanding or to someone who wishes to become more confident or to learn and with those vitamin injections <laughs> instead of smoothies or anything that is relevant that
0: comes from your heart what would you share yeah i think i will share things that i share with myself i try to remind myself uh, from time to time uh, a couple things is that one is it's okay to say no. There was a time in my life when I was thinking, like, I should say yes to everything. And let's say I learned my lessons and I discovered that it's okay to say no if you're not comfortable with something or you think that you get pushed by someone into something you don't want to, say no. Because later on, you will thank you uh, yourself and just, uh, yeah, do what you feel is right and strive for what you want. And another thing I I think what is important, and I try to remind this at least once in a couple months, is that you should not compare yourself with others. You should only compare with yourself in the past because it's the only right way to measure your progress. And if you try, if you're going to push and compare yourself to other people, You're going to just drown in uh, misery, mostly. And then you will never have this work-life balance. But you will be always in this kind of race of trying to reach some other people, which I think is wrong. Look how much you did uh, in the past year. Compare it to yourself and see how much uh, you managed, how, uh, how far you managed to grow. And you will be surprised by most of the time you don't think about it on daily basis, like how much did I achieve in this year? or how, what, what did I know like two years ago? And how much do I know and how much I can do right now? And if you think about it, you will be amazed. Uh, I mean, if you didn't watch for the whole year just TV shows, then probably you won't see much progress. But uh, most of the time when I say like, okay, um, how much did I uh, achieve in this year or last year? i'm most of the time i'm happy with my results of course i want more but i think it's important to appreciate of what you achieved and how much uh, how far you, you came uh, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't look uh, to others people you can just use uh, them as a reference to the vector you want to go and not just hey i want to be as this uh, john like i want to be a cto in five years uh, Uh, Better say like, hey, John is great with serverless and he built this service in this amount of time and he built amazing stuff. And that means, hey, maybe I can have a drink with John and maybe he can teach me something about that. Or maybe he can tell me like in which areas should I grow or maybe I should build the same service he did, simplified maybe. But basically by building this kind of stuff, I will learn what John learned and I will become Uh, my version of John, uh, eventually. And that will benefit me a lot in the future.
1: If I understood correctly, it's uh, three things, but there's two in reality. One is to only compare yourself to your past self, especially if you do like me 1% a day. Then in a year, that is like a huge, huge change that you will notice every day but if you compare yourself from january 1st to december the last minute of december you will see a huge progress if you did not just watch series during that year and yes don't compare yourself to other people of course because they're not you they have different skills and lives and reasons to be happy but you can use them as a somewhat of an inspiration for what you wish to set as goals for yourself, but only focusing on your own progress. That's one. And the second thing is to not say yes to everything. Or as Warren Buffett said, the difference between successful people and very, very successful people is very, very successful people say no to almost everything so it's to focus and say yes only to the right things that really are high value high impact high skill improvement and that will move your life towards the trajectory that you wish did
0: i understand correctly yeah you basically made a diamond out of what i said
1: thank you very much i appreciate your kind words and if people wish to connect with you to communicate with you to speak with you or learn about the projects you're involved with which would be the best links for them to go
0: um yeah i have my website it's uh b-i-e-r-c-o-double-f so birkov.com uh, it's really easy to google you just do google andrew zakardonis and this uh link will be on top of the list there you have my email my twitter my instagram my github uh yeah i've i had people reach me out from that website in the past so if you prefer twitter that's fine
1: thank you very much it was a pleasure and a very very important discussion and very valuable and andrew i wish you a great day hey thanks a lot thanks for inviting me